And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. It's a bit of a shame, actually. Yeah. You know, if they'd waited six months, they would have had a Syrian refugee camp in Berlin. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was really good, actually. No, that was very well constructed as a joke, Mike. That's that's top quality intellectual humor. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to Is It A Bicycle, Season 9, Episode 15, the original and bestest ever TV and movie podcast. My name is Stephen Wrigley and I'll be your host for this evening. Uh, beside me, a man who this week uh, knocked down an emo kid in his car and couldn't figure out if she was dead on the outside too. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mike, the McDonough, McDonough. Live from Vegas, we have a man who reckons he was put in the cert so unstable people would have someone to date. It's Sean Leonard. Oh, <laughs> and in the red corner, it's our cuddly killer, a man who received a restraining order from the deli counter cheese sample lady. It's Mark, <laughs> superhero Leonard. <laughs> this week we'll be discussing some movies in the shape of uh, Sicario and Navy Seals vs. Zombies <laughs> and some TV in the form of Blood and Oil. Of course, we'll have some of the usuals with the news and some previews and coming to a bicycle near you. So how are we doing? Welcome back, Sean. Thanks, guys. You've been, been away for a while. You've mm-hmm. been busy, huh? Mm-hmm. Been busy trying to get busy. Yeah, tell us. What you been um, doing? Well, uh, as as avid bicyclist, what, what are they called, our listeners? Bicyclers. Bi- bicyclists. Yeah. Um, as avid listeners will know, uh, I've been filming uh, a, a feature, a small part in a feature uh, over here in Las Vegas. Um, and I, I've been basically just been called upon every week at, at recording time for the podcast to go lend uh, my prodigious talents uh, to adding some humor uh, to the varied layers of death to false hipsters, the upcoming <laughs> film. I had my first, I had my first on-screen makeout sesh. It's a weird, weird thing <laughs> to have to do. Um, basically it was, it was a situation where I didn't get a chance to meet this, this lady um, until a minute before we filmed. Oh, lovely. So there was, Yes, there was no or like what we used to call no... Saturday night. Yeah, <laughs> I was just going to ask, uh, what's the difference between that and dance floor snogging? You know, <laughs> well, it's that everyone is watching you, and you have someone describing to you what you should be doing. <laughs> now move your hand, and down. also they're filming it forever. Um, so it was kind of yeah. awkward. But but here is the thing, right? It could have been a lot less awkward. Because I just like introduced myself and went, you do know, like you've read the script, right? And she's like, oh yeah, like yeah, I've read the script. It's, it's ha ha ha, like it'll be fine. Yeah. But she didn't really like give it the gusto that I felt the part was demanding. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like it was one of those things where she was still, ha ha, this is kind of weird, ha ha ha. Whereas it, the joke was supposed to be two people see each other and then just like leap at each other and start snogging. But if only one of the people is like really fully committing to that, then that person, me, looks like a creeper. Ah, uh, so you're saying you weren't mm. feeling it? I, I, well, I was. I don't know if she was feeling it. I'm just a little worried it's going to come out like as a different joke to the joke we set out to tell. Ah, uh, yeah. See, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was good. It was a good experience, and I'm excited to see it all come together on screen. Cool. Cool. Mm. When's that due then? When's that you? Well, it's in post-production now. Uh, oh. They may have a couple of pickups to do, um, but uh, principal photography is finished. There won't be any like real effects, um, and I don't think there's going to be any color correction. So it could conceivably be done and ready to be sent off to film festivals as early as uh, spring next year. 
Uh, I'm not sure yet what festivals it's going to be going to. But yeah, 19-day shoot, wow. uh, 20 or so grand, um, a lot of craft services, <laughs> some makeups, some breakups, uh, and a whole lot of heart. So I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Very good. Showbiz. Showbiz. So I reached a decision a little while ago, <laughs> Is this and that was that I wanted to get a tattoo. Oh, oh. right. Oh, here we go. Yeah. yeah. Or what my brother-in-law this evening labelled my midlife crisis. <laughs> so I am literally years talking about it. Literally years talking about it. And my wife hit upon a cunning plan a few years ago to make sure that I would never, ever do it. Well, I'm not sure that that was her intention, but my suspicions are it was. She goes, I have no problem you getting a tattoo, but you should really wait until you're in shape. <laughs> now she was saying this to a 30 something year old who yeah. had retired from MMA yeah. and had no good reason to get in shape but as luck would have it I accidentally found myself in shape again this year so then I kind of went you know what that tattoo I always wanted is now within my reach um, so I went planning and trying to figure out what I wanted and uh, I realized that a lot of what I've done in my life came from doing Taekwondo. Mm. So I thought, why not get the Taekwondo tree? And uh, this causes great confusion with people that have no idea about Korean calligraphy. Because, yeah. of course, the, Korea, the Taekwondo tree is actually three Korean characters stacked atop each other, which mean um, Taekwondo, the art of foot and hand. Um, it's actually, and they're all kind of going like, you're getting a tree? <laughs> um, but anyway... To make a long story short, I found myself in Derry in a tattoo shop on Saturday and I um, described my tattoo to the, the girl behind the counter, which was fine. And then I said, and also I had a motto that I used to say back when I did Taekwondo that I've kept with me that I'd like included in this design, which is sometimes the only way around is true. <laughs> and uh, it's, I think it's something we should all live by. <laughs> But that isn't the goal of the story. So <laughs> I said, it would be fun if that text went around and through the Korean letters. And then one very learned fellow down the back who was in the middle of a tattoo goes, if you change the letters, you'll change the meaning. <laughs> Which is fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, a fair yeah. point. I said, yeah, that's not what I meant. Same letters, just use the gaps. Mm. What about like if it was an A, you'd go through the A hole. <laughs> so uh, was this this produced incredible consternation and I'm like oh Jesus I, uh, I don't think we've ever tried anything like this before I'm not sure that the human mind can do this so they sent me packing anyway basically <clears throat> there would be no walk-in tattoo for me they had to sit down and think about this and some of the finest tattoo minds in that parlor got together to try and figure it out but I was a bit of a minor celebrity when I went in there this evening. So I've, I've just actually had it done now. All of it? Yeah, it's done. Wow. It's done. The Whoa. Korean letters and the the text that I wanted around it. What she actually came up with was a figure eight. Yeah. Which I'm reasonably sure is the second most popular configuration in tattoo artistry. <laughs> okay. You know, like up, upright, it's a figure eight. Flat, it's the infinity symbol. All right, apparently so. people love infinity, especially when they're inking themselves. Ah, so plenty of practice. Um, so. Yeah. so she probably has plenty of practice. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm drawing it. Hmm. Um, but I, I landed in there and there was this one guy behind the counter who's also a tattoo artist. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, he was like, oh, you're, you're the martial arts guy. Oh, man, I wish I was here when you came in. That sounded like a cool idea for a tattoo. <laughs> and uh, then they all kind of gathered around when she put the trace on me. Like, But it's, it's weird. I don't know if any of you have ever been tattooed, but it's like you're being scratched by a very insistent woman who doesn't know where the line is. <laughs> and it lasts for an hour <laughs> at <laughs> least well, my, mine was a bit over an hour but uh, did you give uh, her uh, your safe word you know yeah. mbop <laughs> <laughs> the irony is if I ever do need a safe word it'll probably be that now thanks yeah, yeah. Steve <laughs> um, no no it was fine she, she was she was cool about it she was like if you need a break just take one and I was kind of here like, I'm retired in my midfighter, I won't need any breaks. <laughs> At least that's what was going on in my head. But no, once she started every day, it was going to be fine. Like, it's like, like I described, it's, it's uncomfortable, but it's not sore. Like, it's yeah. nothing, nothing to be worried about. Like. Yeah. It's funny. So I'm now a tattooed individual. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're normally pretty strict about the hour, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Wrong kind of partner, you Mike. No, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say, Mark? So well, you would know about paying money. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's kind of funny, isn't it? Because we were just having a discussion last week about how grotty and unsightly it would be to have a tattoo. <laughs> and, and, and I'd never ever do it. <laughs> I think that was you talking about that. <laughs> so, are you all cellophane up then? No, the cellophane is off now. Ah, right. And okay. I, uh, that, it was a while ago. Like it's yeah. only an hour and a half. You keep the cellophane on for, ah, okay. mm-hmm. and then it comes off. So yeah. I've decellophaned. I've washed the area. Mm-hmm. You really figure out how much abrasion there is in water when your skin is incredibly <laughs> tender. <laughs> <laughs> like you put the soap on and rinse it, and then once it's finished rinsing the soap and it's water and skin, it's really fucking sore. It's yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> but anyway, um, so yeah, I am part of the population of the tattoo people hmm. so was it done with yeah. needles or prison style with a big bar or <laughs> <laughs> it was done by a kind of an ink vibrator a shank very good well congratulations on your new uh, tattoo mark so uh, have, have you caught the bug now will you be going back for more and well no i have to take a beat now <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, like because it's it's um like I immediately started thinking about what other stuff would look good, but yeah, I, yeah. I just want—I'd want to let that pass. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm not doing anything for at least a year, and if I fancy another one in a year's time, I might might look at it. But yeah. for now, that's it. Because if you get two fairly quickly, why the hell would you stop? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do they what do they call sleeves when they're on your legs? <laughs> no, I'm just wondering—is it like like a I don't know trouser leg or something? I don't know. Uh, where Leggings. did you get it, Mark? Actually. On his leg. Yeah, just in, in a parlor in, in Derry. We're <laughs> <laughs> on your body. Oh, sorry, Sean. On uh, my, my right thigh. Okay, <clears throat> um, cool. You'll have to post a picture of it up on our uh, Facebook page so everyone knows what we're talking about. Hmm. Yeah, I'd be happy and, to. And that. knows what a Korean tree is. Um, or Taekwondo tree, sorry, not Korean tree. Um, yeah, so anyway, what did we see? This week, uh, don't start at rugby. That, we, there was there was rugby on. That's yeah, all yeah. I've watched. Yeah, rugby all World I've Cup watched for the last oh, yeah, month yeah. has been fucking yeah, yeah. rugby. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay, yeah, yeah fair enough. <laughs> so um, I won't say anything. Okay, uh, Mark, did you get to Empire? 
Empire Season 1, Episode 1. That was your homework. You didn't do your homework again. God's sake. I didn't think, I thought it was like a labor of joy when we <laughs> did things for this podcast. I've watched all of Heroes Reborn. I'm up to date with Heroes Reborn. Oh, really? Great old show. All right. That's a, what, episode it's, five or six? Are now? you liking it? Yes, it's paying dividends. I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, I've, I've watched, it's been five episodes that have aired over here. Yeah. I don't know where the States is, Sean. Um, but um, I'm enjoying it. It's good. Yeah. Cool. I, I've been I've been keeping up with it as well. I, I watched the, the first two or three episodes pretty much just like in a row and I was pretty happy with them. But as I've been having to wait a week now and I like think about the story as things are happening, it's doing a thing that the first season of Heroes kind of had, but it, it's much more glaring to me as a viewer where I really like some of the characters and stories and then think that the other ones are complete tripe and I hate them. Like, you know, I don't know. What do you think? Of, like, I'm specifically thinking of girl who can go inside of video games because of a sword for some oh, yeah. reason. Yeah, that's a, that's and, a very strange and, uh, and, storyline. Yeah. And Mexican luchador superhero Iron Man armor somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of blows hot and cold, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, like, I mean, I like, I, like, I like the general story. Like, Sean... You weren't on a couple of weeks ago. We, we talked about it, about the pilot, and we came up with the fact that that um, Asian storyline was just a bit ridiculous and pointless, maybe. But as the episodes are going on, it is starting to tighten up closer, at least, to a single narrative, and I'm pretty sure we'll get very close and to a single narrative as the season winds up. And that's why I'm starting to enjoy it more, probably, as time is going by. But to begin with, it seemed like, well, we had Hiro Nakamura in the first Heroes. We need some random Japanese person in this one too. And it was just so annoying. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, what I did like was they clearly tried their best to get their new like tagline catchphrase. Like, remember they had Save, Save the Cheerleader, Save the World back around episode six in the first ever season of Heroes? Um, episode five had Forget the Past, Save the Future. Which seems to be their new uh, their new call sign, which I'm I'm interested in. Uh, I'm interested to see how that plays out. I got to uh, like I was saying, Empire. Mm. Mark, I can I can see why it's making a lot of noise in the US. Why that, Steve? Why so? Because it's good. It's good. <clears throat> because it is good, and it's uh, Empire. It, it it's it's about um, the Empire, a, a music empire. Okay. This dude who's really good at what he does. Right. Really, really, really good. Oh. And good enough to make a TV show about it. Good enough to make a TV show about it. But he's, uh, he's got a few sons and he doesn't know which one to leave the Empire to. Yeah. And then he's also got rivals mm. stuff mm. and things happen. But it, it, it's, it's, it's really good. It's worth mm. uh, picking up if you haven't seen it. Um, it doesn't really remind me of anything you know, that if I can compare to, mm-hmm. apart from <coughs> maybe, I don't know. No, it doesn't really. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's 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 good. Dialogue's good, uh, uh, like screenplay and so on. It's mm-hmm. it, it's really good. It's quality quality uh, writing, all right. When yeah. is it set? Uh, modern day, um, okay. and there's uh, let me see. There's a bit of singing in it, Mark, which I think mm. it would be up your street. It's, it's some really good singing in it. Really? Is really. it like Glees? No, 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 no. Fuck no. <laughs> it's it's more like there there's like one song, maybe mm-hmm. two songs in it, yeah. but uh, but they're in context in the studio, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just showing your man's skill at 
mm-hmm. getting the best out of someone. You know, yeah. that, that's the yeah. purpose of it. But mm-hmm. it, it's it's a, it's just very well done. Mm-hmm. Is um, Katie Sackhoff in it? Katie Sackhoff? No, I'm afraid not. All oh, right. No. Um, just checking. What else I get to? Fargo is back. Fargo How is it, Steve? Oh, man, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's also based on a true story where all the names are changed. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but it's set in 1979, and it's still in the Fargo world. Ted Danson's in it. Kirsten Dunst's in it. Patrick Wilson's in it. Macaulay Culkin's brother, Kieran's in it, and he's really good. Um, Jesse Plemons, Meth yes, Damon. Yes. Uh, I don't know about the last one. The last one is uh, Jesse Plemons got big in uh, Breaking Bad, and yeah. he looks a lot like Matt Damon. Oh, he does. That. He does. So Meth Damon. Oh, <laughs> very good, very good. Yeah, um, yeah. So it, it's it's definitely worth to watch. And the the one thing that really stands out is the cinematography. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah, I mean, the the shots are just brilliant. There's just several times where it just went, wow, you know. Um, but it's a great setup for the season, and I can't wait to see more. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe uh, episode two was shown last night, so. Um, what else to see? Um, oh, the principal, um, which is a new series, season one, episode one. Yeah, um, it is about a principal who returns to the school that he uh, sort of went to when he was a kid. Okay, but it's a very rough school. Right. It's in Australia, mm-hmm. and uh, so he's back as the principal. Okay. And some of his old teachers are still there, and they're right. just like, "Yeah, fuck, you know, this is mm-hmm. bullshit." And you know, we've been through shit, loads of principles, mm-hmm. and what difference are you going to make, kind yeah. of thing. And he's yeah. like, "Give me two weeks to make a difference, mm-hmm. not to fix it, make it different." Yeah. And so it goes from there. And uh, this kind of blows hot and cold. Sometimes I was thinking, "Oh yeah, this mm-hmm. could be good." Oh no, yeah. no, no, <laughs> it's not going to be good. Oh yeah, it might be good. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, no. So I, I sort of mm-hmm. at the end of it, I was sort of like, "Yeah, it's filler." Mm-hmm. I'm afraid. Right. But it had such potential there for a few minutes, you know. Yeah. There's some r- really good scenes in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's it's not a comedy? No, it's not uh, a comedy, no. Yeah. When you said no, Australian no, school, like, I was thinking yeah. of... Uh, what the hell was that called? Ah, oh, Jesus. But I don't ask him. <coughs> the guy who dresses up yeah, as various yeah. characters, he plays most of them. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah I can't remember. Anyway. Yeah. Um, did you see anything else this week? Lenardi's. I was watching an awful lot of Limitless. Uh, as much oh, as I yeah. can get my hands on. Four of them. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, I, I was really, really happy. It's it's lived up to my, my expectations of it, which I actually set pretty high mm-hmm. after the pilot. But it's just really funny. It is, like, isn't it? it? It's so fun. Like, there's that one sequence in the second episode where there's, like, it changes the cinematography style for, like, a, a, a foot chase, you know, the classic cop foot mm-hmm. chase. And we have uh, Deborah Morgan, uh, toned down diet Deborah Morgan, running down the streets, eventually tackles the guy. And just fuck it. And she says something like, uh, you ran like a rabbit, now you're going to die like a snake. And it comes back to her in real life. Just going, why, why would I say that? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. And he, he was just like, well, you don't let me go on the takedown, so let me imagine them how I want to imagine them. It's just they have enough inventive stuff like that every episode that the like case of the week is always interesting to me. Yeah. which a lot of procedurals I start to not care about. Mm-hmm. And they're doing a good job of teasing out the overall like situation of, you know, how is he going to get out of this weird, messed up situation he's in? Mm-hmm. And I care about him. They did an amazing job of just yeah. literally going, uh, do you by any chance uh, care about this person and their uh, their love life? Well, not yet. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, 
what if we add in a little bit, a little bit of this? How about now? You, you like him? And I was just like, yes, oh my God, I want him to be happy. Why is this so tough for him? Oh my God, he's just like me. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah it, I like it a lot. Yeah, so do I. And, you know, it reminds me of uh, a few things. Like, the, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's not fantastic. It's not perfect, but it, it's very enjoyable. So it, it kind mm. of reminds me of uh, elementary and kind of mm. a, a bit of suits as well. Um, yeah, it does have a, like an American. It's almost like the, <laughs> what the BBC Sherlock does. It's kind of doing in a much lighter, less, I guess, less <laughs> pompous way. Yes. <laughs> Bastard. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to continue watching that too. Yeah. Um, yeah. The rest oh, of I, my life. I wanted to talk to Sean. I've been waiting for weeks to oh, talk yeah. to Sean about the uh, Hannibal finale. Oh, God. Did you like it or did you not like it? So remember it was kind of weird that it had like a half season, half season yeah. like split up type thing. And you were saying, oh, great last episode of Hannibal. And I was like, Mike, there's, uh, there's like yeah, six more. That totally threw me. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it was so well done not just like the half season storyline mm-hmm. with, you know, the great red dragon yeah. and, and the William Blake and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I really did like that. Um, mm-hmm. Cause it's classic Hannibal, right? It's yeah. like, he, mm-hmm. we're going to become this thing we investigate, or maybe mm-hmm. we already are, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I think it was the best love story I've seen on TV this year, <laughs> if not in a long while, like yeah. that final sequence yeah. lasts like 10 minutes of it. Yeah. All the way from a glass of wine breaking, harkening uh-huh. back to the teacup that broke at the end of season one, yeah. dude, like, holy hell, that image of, of the fight at the end. Uh, just thing of beauty. Beautiful. Like it, yeah. it was the perfect combination of mm. character, cinematography, plot, and and dialogue like it was just oh i i, f- I felt so much for them yeah. and i went this is the only way it ever could have ended yeah <laughs> just, um, were you feeling the same i was i was the only the only thing about that series that i didn't like was the lack of opportunity for cooking because <laughs> <laughs> it was such a Fair big enough. thing in the first two first two series and yeah it was kind of knocked on his head in the third one if there is to be a fourth, yeah. I would hope they would uh, rectify that. But uh, other God. than that, I I just love that show. But uh, so it's it's kind of I thought the third sh- third series wasn't as accessible as the first two. Like there's there's it, virtually nobody, yeah. no main character is still sane by the end of it. So <laughs> if you if you're not kind of built up into the wavelength, you kind of turn around and go, what the fuck are these guys on? You know? Yeah. Uh, I get you. Yeah. I mean, it's weird because you can pick out certain episodes. It'd be interesting to look through a list of writers and directors for each episode mm-hmm. because there's some, like the one where Lawrence Fishburne uh, and Mads Mikkelsen get to have their big action sequence, we'll say. Yeah. yeah. That one felt exactly like season one of Hannibal to me. Uh-huh, like yeah. that made me just kind of go, fucking, yeah. Like this is exactly <laughs> like what it's always been. And then there were the other episodes that mm-hmm. were even more arthouse than Hannibal usually is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, very ambitious, very ambitious, but well done. Yeah, I think they pulled it off. God bless them. Cool. I, yeah, I think cool. they stuck the landing. Yeah. Cool. Um. Okay. Next up, we'll go to the news. So, Minority Report. 
Oh, yeah. The TV series. Mm-hmm. Not getting great viewing numbers. Mm-hmm. So, no, no. So, Fox has actually cut back the number of episodes ordered from 13 to 10. Okay. Eric. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You'd be sending out the CV if you heard that, wouldn't you? Yeah. 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 You remember Extant? Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Cancelled. Oh. Yeah, remember remember uh, Dominion? Yep. Cancelled. Mm. Oh. Well, they got two series out of it. Remember Defiance? Yeah. Cancelled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember America's Next Top Model? That's been running yeah. for 12 years. Yeah. Last season. Oh. Tyra Banks. I'm sure she'll find a job pretty quickly. Mm. Um, uh, do you remember Rookie Blue? No. <laughs> no, neither did I. That's cancelled. <laughs> do you remember <laughs> Under the Dome? Yes. Cancelled. Yeah, um, uh, what else? Um, oh, slight spoiler. Yeah. I saw an episode of that a while back. Mm-hmm. They were outside the dome. No way. Yeah. And maybe the inner dome. The funny thing about it was they were locked out. They couldn't get back in. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the goddamn door gone? <laughs> My fucking agoraphobia's gone. <laughs> um, what else last season? Uh, final season of American Idol, uh, Beauty and the Beast, uh, Banshee, Continuum, Da Vinci's Demons, Haven, Jesse, and the League. Mm. Right? Uh-huh. Uh, remember Graceland? Yep. Cancelled. Fuck Canceled. you, man. Uh, remember Proof? Yes. Cancelled. <laughs> and, uh, I've seen a pattern here, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Um, Chasing Life, cancelled. Uh, and do you remember Bridget Jones' diary? Yes. Renewed. With a new new movie coming up, you'll be delighted to know. I knew you'd be delighted mm. to know, Mike. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Rennie uh, Zellweger mm. and Colin Firth will be back mm. uh, for Bridget Jones' baby. Mm. Did I hear something about her hiring a personal trainer to help her to get fat for it? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, uh, I think that's called a menu. Mike. <laughs> yeah. I'll just have everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so she, yeah, uh, unexpectedly finds herself pregnant and uh, mm. hilarity ensues, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, remember Die Hard 6? No, because yeah. it's going to be made. Oh, yeah, it's called Die Hard Year One. So, live for your diehard director, mm-hmm. uh, Len Wiseman, and producer, Lorenzo mm-hmm. Di Bonaventura, mm-hmm. um, will be, or they're on board anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's going to be set in 1979. We mm-hmm. get to see how the gritty John McClane became so damn gritty. <laughs> so, so Mark, you'll be delighted to hear that. Uh, so uh, they're going to give him a toupee or? How's that going to work? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe it'll flash forwards or something. Yeah. Um, George R. R. Martin. Mm-hmm. So he's getting together with Cinemax, um, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Cinemax have ordered a script of uh, Martin's uh, werewolf noir novel, mm-hmm. um, The Skin Trade. Right. So the the the, the selling line on this, right, mm-hmm. is uh, a collections agent who happens to be a werewolf and mm-hmm. his friend, a private investigator. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a genre. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a gender mix. Uh, it could be yet. could be yet. Could be gender fluid. Um, discover a dark secret behind a series of grisly murders in their decaying industrial mm. city. Right. Hang on, they're not asking him to write it though. No, he's written it. He wrote it years ago. Oh, yeah, he wrote the novel, but he doesn't have to do the script because then he wouldn't be spending time finishing that fucking book that he's supposed to finish <laughs> ten years ago. <laughs> no, they've ordered a script based on the novel. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, get your ass in gear and finish that damn novel. <laughs> um, that was eight years now. It's fucking 20 years right in the damn thing. <laughs> um, Homeland mm. was in the news as well mm-hmm. due to graffiti, racist mm. graffiti. Um, yeah, they hired some mm. 
Arabian street artists mm -hmm. is what they were looking for actually mm -hmm. to convert Berlin to a refugee camp on the Syria-Lebanese mm -hmm. border mm -hmm. um, so angered by the show's political mm -hmm. message which has linked Al-Qaeda mm -hmm. to Iran mm -hmm. it's uh, highly biased depictions mm -hmm. of Arabs, Pakistanis and Afghans mm -hmm. and it's gross misrepresentations of the cities of Beirut, mm -hmm. Islamabad and the so-called mm -hmm. Muslim world in general mm -hmm. which is probably true yeah. Yeah. the trio said it was they decided to strike mm -hmm. back um, mm -hmm. So they, they said it was their moment to make their point by mm -hmm. uh, subverting the message using the shoulder themselves. So mm -hmm. so they wrote on the walls the graffiti mm -hmm. that they were meant to do. So they wrote yeah. in Arabic, so uh, no one checked it. And so they put, oh, Homeland is racist. Mm -hmm. um, and there is no Homeland. Right. And Homeland is a watermelon, which oh. is apparently a word often used in Arabic mm -hmm. to yeah. indicate something shouldn't be trusted. So. Yeah. Homeland is not a series, is another one. Homeland is mm -hmm. a joke and didn't make us laugh. <laughs> and freedom, now in yeah. 3D. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, it's, a bit of a, <laughs> it's a bit of a shame, actually. Yeah. You know, if they'd waited six months, they would have had a Syrian refugee camp in Berlin. Wow. That was really good, actually. No, that was very well constructed as a joke, Mike. That's, that's top quality intellectual humor. Jeez, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, so there's one other thing I want to talk about. Uh, geez, if I, talk among yourselves I've for a got, second. I've got one. Yeah, go Steve. Good. Yeah. So uh, there was a hashtag going around, uh, mm. after a trailer came out. Um, a trailer we're going to be talking about in this very podcast, mm -hmm. the most recent Star Wars trailer. Mm -hmm. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's kind of weird. Uh, it was hashtag boycott Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Episode mm. seven. Oh, yeah. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of weird. I, I'll, mm. I'll just give that a cursory glance because mm -hmm. there's probably some people, mm. you know, like basically going, Oh, like it's going to be terrible because Star Wars is like, you know, supposed to be precious mm. and they're like ruining it, yada, yada. Nope. It's actually a bunch of people. <laughs> Who think that the new Star Wars series is, is are anti-white? Mm. Yeah, because you know the struggles of the white man in Hollywood uh, mm. have for so long uh, been an issue that <laughs> <laughs> uh, they feel they need to you know take a stand yep. against the what is it one person of color who's a main character in mm. yeah, yeah, the new Star yeah, Wars yeah. series? Yeah, because you know I mean they're really not showing enough Harrison Ford mm. or uh, or Mark Hamill. Uh, or you know any of the white women that are in in main roles. <laughs> well, well, you see, you see, Sean, it's the the thin end of the wedge, Antilles. Oh God! Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I'm really sorry. <laughs> and we're back, regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> Just a tip. Um, so, oh yeah, so that was the 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 last bit I wanted to talk about was uh, there's a new movie coming out uh, called Don Verdeen. Mm. Right, and uh, this stars. Wait for this now. It stars Sam Rockwell, Amy Ryan, Jermaine Clement, Danny McBride, mm. Will Fort, and Leslie Bibb. So Ooh. yeah, mm. great cast. So this is uh, the IMDb tells us right mm -hmm. that it's uh, hired by an ambitious small town pastor to find sacred relics in the Holy Land. A self-proclaimed biblical archaeologist comes up short and his attempt to cover up his failure fuels a comic conspiracy from the filmmaking team behind Napoleon Dynamite and Nacho Libre. Um, so, yeah. So, it's got all the right credentials anyway. Mm -hmm. um, uh, one thing in particular that I thought was uh, good was that Danny McBride plays the small town pastor. Ah, born so, to do that. Yeah. Born yeah. to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I'm looking forward to the trailer. There's only yeah. like a, a small clip out at mm -hmm. the moment, so yeah. it's kind of left off. Yeah. Anywho, 
Right. Mm-hmm. So, let's get started. First of our movies, Sicario. Sicario. <laughs> Mike, tell us a bit, Sicario. Sicario is the story of an interagency cooperative mm-hmm. effort by the U.S. government to try and stem the flow of drugs coming into the United States from Mexico and places further afield, involving a starry-eyed young FBI agent who's not quite sure why she's here and finds along the way that all is not as she had assumed it would be in the world yeah. of law enforcement. Mm-hmm. How's that, Steve? It's pretty good. That was great. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what Sicario means in Spanish? By any I know, but I know what it is in Latin. Tell us. Sicarius is someone who carries a knife. Oh, very good. <laughs> Hitman. That's what yeah, it literally yeah. means. Yeah. Very nice. Good. You learned bastard. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you used to speak Latin on a daily basis. Back in the day, yeah. yeah it, it died out in my youth, you know. <laughs> <laughs> With all these newfangled French and Spanish. <laughs> so, uh, what do we think of this? Uh, there was Emily Blunt and... Uh, what's his name? Benicio del Benicio Toro. Del Toro. Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. And uh, the guy who played Michael Weston in Burn Notice, Jeffrey Donovan. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was him. Yeah. Cool. What do you think, Sean? Okay, so usually, uh, and this is how you know that the summer is well and truly over, usually when I go to the cinema, it's for escapism, fun, adventure. Yeah. This was one of the first movies I've, I've seen in a while in, in a theater that was, there was very little light in this movie. Like, yeah. there was, it was very dark. Uh, yeah. and, th- and that's just a general comment, it's not a critique of it. Um, but it, it was really gripping throughout which I think is down to pacing and plotting. Mm-hmm. Um, like the opening uh, sequence, uh, kind of like the inciting incident mm-hmm. that Emily Blunt's character is involved in, that was class. Mm. Yes. Like I really, really liked that. It was like, we're going to drop you in the middle of the action. Yes. You don't need to know anything right now, yeah. except this is where we are, and this is the evil that men do. Yes. And that really set up who, like, it was a like nebulous villain, right? Mm-hmm. It wasn't one of those find this one dude who you will meet periodically throughout the movie until you get him. It wasn't like that. Yeah. It was a mission. You know, it was a long-form mission that yes. had a lot of moving parts, which is why giving us that evil, that terrible, terrible image, the stuff that we saw in, in the opening act oh, of the film the House of was Horrors. so useful. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, that was so rough. And it's tough for a movie to make you actually go, holy holy shit, like mm. this is actually getting yeah. to me, even though mm. it is a movie on the screen. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was very well done. Um, but I kind of I don't want to like jump into this too early, but I guess I want to talk about Emily Blunt for a while, because she's never been a draw for me to a movie, because I've like, she's good at her job, but I, I've never been able to pinpoint like a scene <laughs> where she did something that another actress couldn't have or wouldn't have. <laughs> Mike is shaking his head here. <laughs> you, you didn't see Tell her. me I'm wrong. You didn't see her bending with Tom Cruise, did you? Nobody else could have done that. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> the, well, I, do, I just don't think so. I just find her a little bit generic. Like, she's kind of funny. She's not amazingly funny. Mm. She's good at action. She's not amazing at action. Do you know? Yeah. Like, this is a plum part. This yeah. is a huge it part. Is, yeah. Yeah. 
she should have been the person everyone was talking about. But I think everyone's talking about Benicio Del Toro and Josh Brolin. Because those are the people that I noticed were doing amazing work that no one else would have done the exact same way. Right. Mm-hmm. I was more... Not to cut across you now, but just to comment on this as we're talking about it. But I was more surprised at how how uh, well she played the character and mm-hmm. uh, how large a part that she had. You know, I wasn't. Ex- I, I thought it was all going to be centered around Benicio, you know, mm-hmm. and his character. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I was just surprised that she, she had such a large part. And uh, like, like I said, I, I'm mm-hmm. not not saying. Like I said, <laughs> she did so, so did it so well, and uh, she was mm-hmm. the standout uh, actor in this for me. Really? Yeah. That's yeah. interesting because yeah. what, for okay for me, and I actually was reading some uh, a screenwriting thing popped up on my Facebook about Sicario. Oh right. About Emily Blunt's character. That the headline was the disappearing main character. Oh. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, well, here's the thing, right? In screenwriting, what they say you should do, and there are movies that don't do this, but mm-hmm. what they say you you should be doing is have your main character, your protagonist, whoever it is that we are following most closely, they should be driving the action. Mm-hmm. They should be active in the story. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure you could really say that about Emily Blunt's character at any point in this film. She is kind of being played in certain ways. Um, I would totally agree with that. It was the main thing that stuck with me in this movie. was I didn't have a problem with how she acted the part. I had a mm-hmm. problem with the tools they gave her. Um, <laughs> like, like she can't decide the lines that she's given or the story that she's given on a particular day sure. to shoot. Right. Um, and I, I thought she was believable. I thought she, mm. she, you know, she carried her part quite well. But as you say, she's not the driving force in the movie. Um, she is yeah. effectively the eyes and ears of the audience. Um, yeah, the proxy. In, in order to discover what's happening with, you know, Josh Brolin and Benicio and, and everything else that's going on. Um, which I thought was a big mistake because you're geared up to kind of root for her or whatever, and then she's kind of left out to a large extent. Well, she's not left out. She's there, but she's not the one, you know, doing stuff. Okay. Um, which I thought was uh, a bit unfair on her. Yeah. What do you uh, think, Steve? Are we are we barking up a tree no, th- filled no, I, with no, terrible I th- things? No, I, I think uh, you hit the nail on the head there. No, I agree with you that she wasn't uh, driving the action or driving the story. But uh, I agree with Mike in mm-hmm. that uh, she did a very, very good job with what she had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. John yeah. Bernthal also, it should be noted, he's good in fucking everything I've ever seen him in. Right. He yeah, played yeah. the uh, he played the like good good old boy, uh, the, mm-hmm. the cop, the cowboy in the bar. Oh yeah, yeah. That was a great sequence for was, him. Like was this, this was really well written. Like every actor here had so much to do, even if, like as we were talking about mm-hmm. the the apparent, like what I thought was a flaw mm-hmm. with the plotting or or the the driving force stuff. Everyone had really cool scenarios that they were in. Mm-hmm. Like oh, the the interrogation sequence, like all that stuff, just so good. Mm. It reminded me an awful lot of uh, No Country for Old Men in terms of its tone. Just mm. this kind of a, a a veneer of civilization above just pure evil that's, right. that's going on all yeah. along that borderland, you know. And uh, I thought they, I thought they nicely showed, I suppose, through Emily Blunt, the the world that we want to see, which is all nice and there's rules and stuff. And then she gets a view into 
how shit actually works, you know, down there. Right. Juarez, yeah. Um, and Juarez, how scary was that scene? Yeah. When they when they yeah 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 go down to see they get stuck at the toll. Yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. That's that's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. 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 Um, and it was so weird how cavalier everyone but her was being. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like there's that sequence where they have the literal cowboys yeah. that turn around to Josh Brolin are like, yeah, you want to come with us? Like, mm-hmm. And he's like, ah, I mean, I guess I could. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, you drunk? And he's like, ah, I'll sober up by the time we get there. Yeah. And they're like, well, you know, grab a flask if you want it. It was just like, yeah. you know what I mean? And that yeah. was a lot of that work was Josh Brolin. Mm-hmm. Um, and when Benicio Del Toro was just being really fucking cool about it yeah. in a way that was standoffish, dickish, mm-hmm. and kind of scary. Mm-hmm. It was so, oh, I was so worried all of the time. Yeah. Like if somebody told me we're going on a we're going on a little uh, road trip and we're going, to, we're going to need special forces bodyguards to get us there. <laughs> like, Remember, we're going to Donegal in a few weeks. So. Oh Christ! Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! We're not going to get out of there. Are we? <laughs> not Juarez. If yeah, this yeah. movie taught me anything, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all we have to do is open our mouths, and they'll know we're not from <laughs> Um Did anyone? Oh, actually, Mike, this mm-hmm. uh, this one you you usually this is your bugbear. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this uh, was the first time that I've actually felt genuinely filthy watching something where everyone mm. is filthy all the time. <laughs> yeah. That, they were filthy. They were minging, weren't they? Weren't they? Yeah. And yeah. even comment on it at one stage, yeah, you yeah. know, oh, geez, personal hygiene. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know but, but yeah, it was a really dirty, yeah. dusty. Yeah, you could always smell it, couldn't you? Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah but it, but it, it wasn't the, the mm. typical good, clean dirt that you usually get that's sort of pasted on by makeup yeah. artists just beforehand. Yeah. It yeah. looked like they were like oh. dunked in a sandstorm kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Could have done maybe a few more flies around them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in a couple of scenes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, th- this is. Uh, this isn't just a uh, your usual drug bust kind of movie. This is a, mm-hmm. it's got a bit of Taylor Revenge. It's got a bit of a, uh, sort of cops and robbers mm-hmm. kind of chasey mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. It's got a bit of special mm-hmm. ops. It's got mm-hmm. a bit of you know like we're talking mm-hmm. about that that toll scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of funny in places too, mm-hmm. like the uh, you know it's so abrupt by the time I get there kind mm-hmm. of uh, comedy rather than laugh out loud stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think it was, it was very, very well rounded, and it was better than I, a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Because mm-hmm. I, I thought, ah, oh, this is going to be all right. Mm-hmm. Okay, we might get through this. Maybe yeah. is this being released on the back? And Narco has mm-hmm. been released, so, you know, yeah, that yeah. kind of, you know, <laughs> yeah. because there seems to be a few things that, mm-hmm. have, like, there's Cartel Land, which mm-hmm. is a documentary, isn't it? It's out at the moment as well. Mm-hmm. That's actually something I meant to get to. But I, I thought this might be. Oh, here's the start of a slew of similar mm-hmm. stuff to yeah. to Narcos, mm-hmm. and it won't be as mm-hmm. good. Or, yeah. but it, it. I'm not saying it is as good or not, but mm-hmm. it's uh, it's a different angle on the whole mm-hmm. uh, the whole genre, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. What did? How did you feel about uh, the story? Like, uh, let's not talk about the ending, but how did you mm-hmm. feel about the ending? Because it's very different to what most, especially mm-hmm. movies like this, where they mm-hmm. try and catch bad guys. Yeah. It's a very different ending in terms of how the audience, I think, was supposed to feel afterwards mm-hmm. to what it usually is. It wasn't yeah. simple, like. Yeah, I actually really like the ending, um, mm. because like you, you know, you're always talking about characters changing, and mm-hmm. at the very end, you're wondering, has she changed? 
or yeah. in what way is she changing? Yeah. And, and it's kind of left a little bit open. Yeah. But, uh, it's not, but it's not vague. Like it is specific uh, yeah. that there are options, but it's not like vague as if, well, we don't really know. It's like mm. they, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. They, 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 do, they do definitely know what they're doing. But it's not the kind of change that you would expect in a standard action movie. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the results know, are not the tidy results that yeah. we usually get. Yeah. You know, you don't have a coward becoming brave <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Or uh, everybody getting on the chopper and going yeah. off into the sunset. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It 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 it's a moral gray area, which I suppose is the theme of the movie. Yeah, it's more realistic, I think, as well, because it's mm. not really victory. No, like no. it's it's there's no victory. Well, I guess there is and there isn't. I don't know, but it's like this is not a thing yeah. that you can fix. Mm-hmm. The world, like yeah. the world, is not a thing you can fix. Juarez is not a thing mm-hmm. you can fix, and it's mm-hmm. unfortunately seems to be pretty close to the truth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was kind of shocking in places. Mm. Oh God, yeah. 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 Now I don't mean like completely shocked and appalled mm-hmm. horror movie yeah. kind of thing, but mm-hmm. it, it's just the thoughts of mm-hmm. it. In, it gets you thinking, mm-hmm. and uh, it's kind of you know it's the facts are kind of shocking. You know, it might only be in dialogue; it might mm-hmm. be uh, you know an action that you know, mm-hmm. like like we're talking about the first scene. Mm-hmm. But there's also a scene near the end mm-hmm. um, that uh, I really wasn't expecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just the suddenness and the sort of like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. you know that's. Yeah. That's kind of what was going to happen, you know, kind of yeah, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, uh, that yeah. kind of shocked me. Yeah. Um, but but that said, they kind of dis- not disguised, but they they didn't show as much as they might have shown. No, and they didn't dwell on it either. Yeah, they, you know, yeah, yeah. like you definitely got the message what what's oh, yeah. happening, but it yeah, isn't yeah. in graphic detail like yes, in a yes, yes, yes. teen slasher movie. Yeah, or whatever, for sure, like. for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, there there isn't uh, the gory procedure of yeah. you know <laughs> of of you know these things happening. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just you know. slow mo first person. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I also liked the the way they explored you know the nature of evil. You know, at the beginning of the movie, it's very black and white. You know, it's like, oh mm-hmm. my god, what what sort of an animal could do this? And then as the movie goes on, it step by step leads you into thinking, okay, there isn't just one set of animals here. You know, it's... Uh, well, yeah. yeah. And you know what? That that actually triggered... Uh, uh, it, that reminded me of Narcos. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. at the very start of Narcos, the DEA agent says, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you know, I, you know, so something along the lines of "I'm not a bad man," and look, yeah. I did this, mm-hmm. and if that makes me a bad man, wait till I show you what being a bad man really is. <laughs> right, yeah, and then yeah. at the end of it, he comes yeah. back to that, and you know, uh-huh. yeah, that that kind of reminded <clears throat> me of that actually. But mm-hmm. uh, but you're, yeah, you're right, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's all in context, I guess. Yeah. You know, so yeah, yeah. Hmm. It definitely also reinforced the constant. You know, anytime I think about Mexico, I kind of have a panic attack. Right. It's just the the scares the of, shit out of you. Thoughts of being dropped in Mexico yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on foot. But you see, we're, we're only seeing, we're only seeing like in this it's a US, US, yeah, US yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah but yeah. we're only seeing the bad shit about it. You yeah, know? yeah. It's like if we only watched mm. uh, Mexican-made mm. uh, movies about San, South mm. Central LA and, yeah, yeah. or so, you know, yeah, hood stuff. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'd probably have a panic attack if I got dropped in the hood as well. <laughs> yeah, well <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, okay. Point taken. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. but you, you know what I mean. You, mm. We're not seeing 
mm-hmm. in, in any of the stuff that we've watched recently, mm-hmm. we're not seeing you know the the mm-hmm. other side of Mexico. Yeah, you know, so. yeah. I suppose it's not Acapulco. Or well, Mark, <laughs> Mark was there recently. Actually, oh, he was. Yeah, wasn't he? he should yeah. have an opinion on this. Yeah, yeah. If only we had him on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think you he guys. I think he was in a lot of danger in his swimming pool with his uh, margarita wig. <laughs> you, you guys should check out Book of Life, the animated movie, if you want to see a, a lighter side to the, mm-hmm. to the Mexican culture. I think it's... Book of Life. It'd be good for anyone to check. Book of Life. It's an animated movie mm-hmm. about the Day of the Dead. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry I was just thinking about it and reminiscing and going yeah maybe I should watch that again so that I can equalize my opinions yeah. about like how to feel about certain areas of the world well um, there is something uh, that's uh, come out recently um, Netflix actually this mm. should have been news but Netflix mm. has just launched in Spain oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. and so it's launched and the two highlight uh, programs mm-hmm. are Narcos mm-hmm. and the other one is uh, Club de Servas Cerveza Cervos mm-hmm. um, and so that's about uh, the owner of a Mexican football team dies of a heart attack mm-hmm. and then his kids are fighting over who should be the owner or you know that kind of thing mm-hmm. and okay. other sort of peripheral people mm-hmm. as well get involved right. but it, it's comedy and it looks very good and it looks very high quality and I think we should probably review it because it's uh, I, I, I think it's going to go on for many seasons you but back, anyway you but back, this backing us into a little corner there Steve uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, this is a, but again it's a perfect mm. opportunity to see that on our mm-hmm. site you know yeah. um, you know because they're mm-hmm. as passionate about soccer as mm-hmm. you know Colombians you know so yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah anyway it's an aside yeah, yeah. yeah they don't shoot their goalkeepers though Oh, <laughs> sorry, I had to go there. I don't think that was official channels, Mike. <laughs> um, so anything else to say on this before we market? No. I don't know. No? I mean, no. it was it was pretty rich for discussion. We may even end up discussing it again, mm-hmm. either in, a, in an upcoming podcast with a similar film, or mm-hmm. at the end of the year for the awards show. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean, do you want to market? I will. Um, I think it's going to be an 8 out of 10 for me. Uh, the only thing preventing it from the hallowed halls of the 9 uh, was uh, the, a kind of the necessity, I guess, of the way that Emily Blunt's character was employed uh, or used rather than active, you know? Yeah. Mike? Um, I'm going to be a little harsher on it. Um, I thought it was brilliant in so many respects, you know, Benicio and and just the general feel of the whole thing yeah. was fantastic, you know, from start to end. But structurally, the Emily Blunt thing really fucked it. Um, so I'm going to give going to give it a six. Ooh, mm. that's um, harsh. Yeah, it is harsh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. I'm in the strong seven sort yeah. of area. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, not quite an eight for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. Because I just found that uh, that later shocking scene, as I was mm. talking about earlier, I just thought it was a little bit disjointed from the rest of the movie. It wasn't that it wasn't yep. a part of the story, but I just mm. thought it was a little bit. It, know, it, it I, I fucking like loved it, that scene. I know, I know, but it looked <laughs> yeah, like me to, to me it was like it belonged to another movie. You know what I mean? Oh. It wasn't that it wasn't a, it was mm-hmm. a bad scene, but it was a great yeah. scene. But yeah. but uh, mm. yeah. Uh-oh. 
Because I, I was sitting there watching saying, please happen, please happen. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and, um, yeah, I'm going to give it a strong seven. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't, yeah I'd recommend it. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Um, okay. So next up, uh, Blood and Oil. Uh, first of our TV. This is a new series, <clears throat> and it deals with um, a young couple who move uh, to a town in Dakota, I believe. Uh, North Dakota. North Dakota, sorry. Um, uh, which uh, has uh, an oil rush. They've just struck oil, and it's like the old days it, uh, with a gold rush, mm-hmm. except uh, it's set in modern days with oil. And so they go over there, and they arrive pretty much penniless, and they have to work their way up. So this mm-hmm. um, has the the big star, Don Johnson. That's a, that's as good a reason as any to give this a look. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a good reason to get low, get up in the morning. Yeah, think <laughs> yourself, Don yeah. fucking Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, good so. to see him still going. Like, yeah, for sure. He's yeah. a long He's way great. from Miami Vice now. Yeah, and uh, showing the generation gap. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Like Sean probably sees Nash Bridges. Yeah. 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 I have a funny Don't feeling know those, uh, those people are. It's <laughs> <laughs> another generation gap again. I have a funny feeling those linen and silk suits don't fit so well anymore, but uh, yeah. what can you do? <laughs> um, probably not, but he's still got it. So, this is your classic um, throw a whole lot of good looking people into a drama of some kind. Yeah. The fact that it's called Blood and Oil. They should have just said, it's basically Dallas, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. we're not calling it that because that, did, that didn't do so well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's not bad, you know. It's not terrible. Like, it's, there's a, like the people in it are really, really good looking. Mm. And like when you've got really good looking people, a large bunch of them, like how bad can anything really be? <laughs> and that's, that's how I live a lot of my life. And it's nice to see it reflected in blood and oil. Mm-hmm. So for me, at least, I watch a lot of these kind of TV shows where the main premise is that good-looking people fall in love with each other. Ah, Banshee, True Blood, uh, yeah, so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. But, oh, but, it's not in that category at all. <laughs> oh. Good-looking people in this kind of uh, budget. Gossip uh, Girl is the first one I thought of. Right. Hang on a sec, Steve. What? There is no sign of an ambulance or a fire truck. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> or an elevator. Or an elevator. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Mark. We interrupted you. Um. So it, it's more in the yeah in the, the in the school of Dallas the remake, right? Right. Or um, what was the one with the Peach Pit? Beverly Hills nine hundred two one zero. Oh yeah. Um. Oh, that Gossip one. Girl as well, because your man, Nate from Gossip Girl, is the lead in this one. So it's hard to it's hard to kind of overlook that. So it's it's, it's that kind of a show. But it's it's um I'm not a hundred percent sure what demographic this is aimed at, and that's part of my problems with the show. So it starts off and takes a long time to get going. And it's actually a pretty good pilot after the first fifteen minutes. Because a lot of the stuff that happens in the first 15 minutes, you're going, come on, you know, stop trying to manipulate me. Um, For sure. Once it gets past that and you kind of have a few characters to work with and there's the story starts to pick up, it does get pretty interesting. And then at the end, 
I found myself going, oh, I know what this show is going to be about now. Um, but it took till probably 45 minutes before I figured that out. And then there was a nice little hook at the end to make me want to watch episode two. Little hook. That was a huge hook. Mm. It's the best hook I've seen in a while, I have to say. <laughs> it's, it's a good one, yeah, yeah. Isn't it? For sure it's a good yeah, one, yeah. yeah. And the cut to black screen is just perfectly timed. Yeah. You're just like, oh, no, whoa, wait, oh, come on, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah. That was a big 20-ton container hook, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of this? I really liked it. Did you? Yeah. Because um, it's very cowboy. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, it reminded me, as, as Mark said, you got Dallas. Klondike as well. Klondike. Yeah. Uh, Longmire. Yeah. And uh, also, I I was feeling sort of the Colbys and Falcon Crest and that no kind way, of thing yeah. coming in. You know, it was actually bringing me back back to the good old days. Dynasty. <laughs> yeah. So you have lots of really, really good looking people, as Mark said. Yeah being really nasty to each other <laughs> and you know that's and it's in a you know a place with magnificent vistas and and buffalo is just randomly kind of <laughs> wandering <laughs> around uh, also as mark says I, I think this is my my copy mark night um the the beginning was weak i was kind of looking at it saying oh no oh no what are you doing you got like perfect scene and then all this shit is happening and there's nice people that are just like I don't want to see nice people I want to see people being ugly and well you know what the tagline is no sometimes you gotta play dirty to get Philly rich <laughs> 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 that's like straight out of the mouth of hat breaks you know? <laughs> actually there were there were some great lines in this like uh, what was it it'd been hammered harder than a Tulsa whore or whatever <laughs> mm, is that a great line ah uh, yeah, yeah I would tickle Mike alright it, it, it depends on the demographic you're in yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah it's it was surprising because I thought when I when it first came on I was like mm, yeah mm. it's going to be uh, average at best yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, it, it's definitely a, a kind of a hockey stick sort of a scenario. It, it starts off kind of meh, and then it ramps yeah, up towards yeah, the yeah, end. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. Do you see this, Sean? I did indeed, Steve. Um, Do you have this? Opinion? Is a, a well structured pilot that almost manages to hide the fact that it is a soap opera melodrama with a large budget. Um, so the opening scene. Uh, or sequences is is pretty interesting. Like this is this is real life. North Dakota is currently going through an oil rush, um, which I I only know because it was recently reported on on last week tonight uh, with John Oliver, um, talking about how there's no oversight at all. Mm-hmm. They were not prepared not only for uh, the legal uh, like stuff that you need to deal with when you find a lot of oil, mm-hmm. but also just the influx of people, jobs, yada yada yada. It is a dangerous place to be and an incredibly dangerous place to work right now. Mm-hmm. This, instead of dealing with that kind of uh, stuff, just kind of goes, well, what if we just make it the Wild West? Which is fine. Like That's, yeah. that's a tack to take for your show. That's yeah. fine. There's an there's a opening sequence that should have had huge ramifications. But then it's just like, nah, it's fine. Like, yeah. you know, the yeah. story will now continue. 
which I thought was kind of dumb. Mm. It made me go, oh, I actually kind of liked that sequence, but mm. because there were no consequences, I now presume there will be no consequences anywhere. Mm. Um, and then there's a bunch of wheeling, dealing, and some stuff that I was like, eh, I don't really care. Mm. But Don Johnson was pretty good. He's got a great stare on him. Like, you know, I was mm. going to keep going on with that. Mm. And then, and then what happened uh, was... We, we got to a really cool sequence uh, with some special effects where somebody cocks up and you see what a small mistake can make happen on one of these oil fields. And that was really well shot. That was really cool. And I was like, oh, maybe I was wrong. Like, maybe this is a serious drama. And then there were some lines that were terrible. They were like the most like obvious, on-the-nose things. Like, I think at some point somebody's like, you don't deserve to be my cousin, or something like that, where I was just like, fuck And then I was just, I consigned it to melodrama, mm. and I really didn't care what these fake people, these made-up people did mm. from that point on. Yeah, that's fair enough, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, like, like we talked about already, Hockey stick mm-hmm. started very slow, and mm-hmm. there was a great hook at the end. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's enough. No, I don't think it's enough no, for me. No, no, I, I, uh, and like you say, I'm not a big fan of melodrama, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a and as Mark said, it's a bit too like Dallas. Mm-hmm. They're a little bit too good looking. It's a little yeah. bit too contrived. Uh, uh, Steve, you can't be too good looking. <laughs> okay, well then it's just uh, I'll go with contriving. So, okay. uh, so, uh, <laughs> that's a legitimate concern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I uh, I don't think I'm going to watch any more of this mm-hmm. yeah. unless someone comes back to me and says, "Oh my god, mm-hmm. this got brilliant!" Yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think um, I think you've covered all the bases there mm-hmm. uh, before me. So I'm just going to finish with this is filler for me. Mm-hmm. Steve. Steve, yeah. could, I, could I throw could I throw one thing out there that yeah. it's just like throw me a curveball, yeah. Well, it's interesting texture just for the setting of North Dakota. Okay, there there was there was a case recently. Well, there's a lot of cases like this, but there was one big one that got a lot of media attention in in America. Some people died, um, like straight up died uh, on an oil rig over there, um, simply because essentially just due to a lack of safety conditions, right? Right. Yeah. And one dude was injured horribly, a lot of burns, oil burns. Mm-hmm. Um, and one dude killed himself afterwards, who was involved in the accident but didn't die. Whoa. It was a huge, terrible thing, right? Mm-hmm. And it made people examine the situation, the, the scenarios like of, of the safety a little bit, not mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what's happening out there is the people who own the oil, the oil fields themselves, are hiring other companies to work as middlemen to hire the workers who are actually going to work there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the contracts that they're using are making the middlemen assume all liability. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Jeez, yeah. That's, that's why they're there. That's the main reason to hire yeah. them. Yeah, for sure. But, but what that means is, like, the people who actually own the oil and the oil fields and the drilling and all that mm-hmm. stuff technically don't have anyone employed mm-hmm. doing any of the oil drilling itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which means they're not at fault for anything that happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And whenever any of these cases happen, the amounts of money, the pitifully low amounts of money that uh, the middle management uh, usually settle for, mm-hmm. they usually only end up paying 20% of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, Simply because it's supposed to be them going, hey, now, now, don't let anything similar happen again or you have to pay the full amount of the original fine 
mm-hmm. and whatever this new find is going to be. And that keeps happening. Mm-hmm. The oh. same circumstances lead to the same events, like burns mm-hmm. uh, or deaths or, or just like things going wrong. Mm-hmm. But no one ever comes after them and goes, hey, that happened again. You have to pay the full original amount. Mm. So it's a really, like, it's a re- it, there's none of the protections that you'd think mm. you'd enjoy in America as a worker um, just trying to make some money. It, mm. Like, it really is Wild West back there, except mm. there are lawyers who have legalese to screw over people like they didn't really used to have back, back in the Wild West. Mm. How is that different to any other business in any other state? Well, there are regulations. There are unions there because they're, you know, businesses that have been going on for like quite some time. You know what I mean? There are also laws in numerous states that mm. prevent you from doing things like removing yourself from all liability, even though you own what is fucking going on. Okay. So you know a, what I mean? It's a, it's a government issue then mm. in the state, a state mm. government it, issue. It's a government issue, but obviously the states don't want to do anything to make of these course. companies not want to go there. Cause you know, like, cause North Dakota doesn't have much else. In. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I think I think Sean's main concern is is grounded in the fact that he doesn't own a six liter SUV, um, so he doesn't appreciate the price of cheap gas. <laughs> right. Yeah. Anyway, it's filler from me. <laughs> filler Mark, up, Mark. Filler up. Oh, I didn't hate this. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I thought it had a bad 15 minutes where I was kind of looking at it going, who are you for and what are you trying to do? But uh, I think it got there in the end. It's a thriller for me. Very good. Mike? This actually was a double winner for me because uh, I watched it and I kind of enjoyed it. And then I thought to myself, I must go back and catch up with Longmire. All right. So I'm going to watch that and then I'm going to watch this. So I get a, like a twofer. Oh, yeah. Um, Good for you, Mike. Yeah, I yeah. wouldn't. I, I, I'm. I don't think this is going to be a show for the ages, but I, I think it'll be a little guilty pleasure for me. You yeah. know, get me through the winter. <laughs> yeah. So thriller for me. Okay. Very good. Very good. <laughs> that was so gentle at the end. Yeah, it was like a nice little. <laughs> Sounds like that's thriller for me. Yeah. <laughs> um, next up, we have a second of our movies, uh, which is oh. Navy Seals versus Zombies. Mark, do you want to tell us about this? I think the title just did that. Yeah, pretty much. Not sure what else there is to say, really, but if you're um, planning on going up against zombies and you have an option on a faction to bring with you for support, you would think that the Navy SEALs would be your first choice. After having watched this B-movie, I'm no longer sure. Since when did they allow... Overweight Navy was, Seals. That was I was going to say that the very <laughs> first point, and it's just because he was, there, like, it wasn't just one guy. There were mm-hmm. several of them, mm-hmm. weren't just overweight. They were they're borderline obese. Like, like uh, you know, they're doing that little mm-hmm. run where you know that <coughs> all seals do, mm-hmm. where they keep the knees bent all the time, yeah, yeah. and they have the gun pointed mm-hmm. out. Yeah. But you could see the guys that were still. You could nearly hear them going. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> there's no way there are seals. Like, uh, uh, no way. Not in this life, anyway. You know. <laughs> well, you've actually missed something important from the plot there, Steve. Oh, yeah. Um, do you remember near the beginning they're told they're not allowed to bring any uh, heavy equipment? Yes. So yes. they brought the fat guy to use as a battering ram <laughs> to get through any, to breach any doors they couldn't manage. <laughs> but they, they joked about that, right? And they actually brought the heavy equipment anyway and the grenades because they're seals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
We don't just like <laughs> right. So here, let me break down B movies for you. Right? Yeah. <laughs> a B movie takes a well-known, comfortable genre, and it provides you the elements, the tropes, if you will, of that genre in a budget fashion. Cheaper actors, sets, effects, and everything, right? So here we have 28 Days Later. If they happened to try 28 Days Latering, the vice president who was trying to be extracted by a bunch of seals, right? That's that's the film, right? So, like, you can write it yourself. Like, we, we could... We could spitball a plot for this film right now and we would be right. Yeah. There's no surprises anywhere in it. And that's no. like, that's a B movie. That's what it does. Yeah. It's a you know? book. So like, I always struggle when we review B movies. Are you reviewing its ability to be a B movie? Or are you reviewing it as a film? And of course, this is why we have our B movie scale, which is out of two. Yeah. Um, so like, it's, I was actually hoping for a bit more <laughs> foolishly uh-huh. in this B movie because, I mean, the plot, quote unquote, mm-hmm. is exactly what I want from a real film. I want zombies and I want Navy SEALs. Um, and I thought there was no way they could go wrong when they mixed all the genres, but there was just nothing in this. It was just so, so bad. Like the, the terribly, terribly miscast overweight folk who presumably were, tr- were trying to cast for a different film and wandered into the wrong line. <laughs> <laughs> and fa- like, I can only imagine the horror on like one of the first seals to go, spoilers, people, is the incredibly overweight guy. And imagine his horror when they gave him a bulletproof vest that didn't protect all of his chest. <laughs> like was it, did he just look at this going I'm not sure this is going to work and they go they're zombies man they won't shoot at you and he goes oh yeah uh, but yeah, uh, it was quite low budget bad. though wasn't it like even even they, they weren't using like blanks they were using digital they were like airsoft guns with digital mm. bangs going off yeah. the, you know the sparks but also do you think they spent most of the, the, the budget on a helicopter right you know, probably the, the start there. Choppers don't come cheap. They don't come cheap. Yeah. <laughs> but also in that scene, mm. you know, a lot, all a lot of those boys went without lunch to pay for that fucking chopper. <laughs> 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 they were going in hot to the LZ, <laughs> right? And uh, did you notice that they did? That, like, there's no need for any chat while they're on the way in, mm. but they're constantly making hand signals. Yeah, right. That don't make any <laughs> sense, you know. <laughs> the, the Were you a Navy SEAL? Look, do you no, know Navy SEAL hand signals? I don't need to be a Navy SEAL to know what hand signals mean. Right? Talking through your hole. <laughs> you weren't there, man. <laughs> but even <laughs> when, even really when you see them, like opinion. they're going down a corridor and they're like on their own, he'll stop and raise his fist up, you know, just, you know, but there's no one else there. What are you doing? You know? It's <laughs> just the way I was trained, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it's, it's real B movie stuff, but it. Mm. You know, what? I'm not satisfied with it being a B movie. You know, I, because B movies are normally kind of take the piss out of themselves a bit. You know, they have a bit of humor in there. You know, there's no real intentional humor in this. <laughs> what are you shaking your head at? <laughs> Explain yourself. What? You just don't get it, Steve. No, no, I'm not getting this. No, no. B movies do not take the piss out of themselves. I do a bit. B movies are a serious thing. You say that's Sharknado. I mean, well, no, Sharknado <laughs> is 
a thing in its own. <laughs> but a real B movie is a tribute to its genre. And, you know, I take issue with Mark saying that we could just spitball this. You know, if we could, we'd have our own goddamn B movie. <laughs> I can give you ten right now. <laughs> I think I think Mike is 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 not giving us enough credit. I think we could each give him ten. Right now. <laughs> so I, I'll just check up your IMDb DB credits after the, right, after okay, the show yeah, here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but look, I'm on that now. You are. <laughs> but uh, that said, uh, I enjoyed this. Mm. You know, really? Yeah, I'm no. not a big B movie fan, mm. but I enjoyed this. You know, the script wasn't bad. Mm. It, like it wasn't terrible. It, it was really moving. You know, there's a couple of times you sort of went, ah, Jesus, yeah. but you know, it yeah. wasn't that bad, and mm-hmm. uh, it moved along nicely. Mm-hmm. There was good pace to it. Mm-hmm. The, you know, now and again, okay, the shots are a bit odd in yeah. that. I don't know if they were using different cameras, like different mm. iPhones or what, <laughs> to shoot different scenes, but they, they all looked a little bit different, you know. <laughs> but, once, you know, you, mm. once you sort of left your your A-movie brain at the door mm-hmm. and sort of went with it, I, yeah. I, it was quite enjoyable, mm. yeah. 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 It, like I, I, and w- another thing I liked about it was that there, I know there's only about, there's only about eight zombies in total in mm. it. Right, yeah. but they're mixed mm. up to look like there's yeah. lots more, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like the Mars Bar ad. Yeah. But it, it, you know, it, it's uh, it, it just, it just moved along. It just moved mm-hmm. along, and uh, it was a, a lot of fun in places. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I was surprised. Yeah, I've had relationships like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. Mark, I kind of, I said a lot of what I want to say about this. I, I just didn't think it was good. Like, it needs to. So you've got the U.S. Marines in there, right? So do the Marines say, Ura, is that them? I don't know what the SEALs say, but I think the Marines say, Ura. Yeah, SEALs aren't Marines. Oh, sorry, these are No, you're, you're 100% right, and that's probably my issue. <laughs> <laughs> what, do, what do SEALs say? Um, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> you beat me to it. <laughs> Nailed it. Even with the time delay across halfway across the world. <laughs> Anyway, there are yeah. a bunch of, you know, what would you call them? Motivational or inspirational quotes ascribed mm. to Navy SEALs. None of which really were around in a way that would get you revved up mm-hmm. in this film. And they should have been really hammering that. Like, mm. there should have been, like, they should have all gone out there wearing, instead of camo gear, it should have been made from sewn together American flags. <laughs> <laughs> and they should have spent the entire movie saying, you know, we can't just do this for ourselves. We have to do this for America and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and like there was there was a lot of talk of not leaving a guy behind. And then the mm-hmm. first time they had an option to leave someone behind, they just said, ah, he looked fucked. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, fuck him. We're out of here. <laughs> yeah. Like there was, they, they were really inconsistent in their belief system. Like I'm no longer going to sign up as mm-hmm. a Navy SEAL now. Uh-huh. Um, particularly because I can't manage the noises that they make instead of saying "ura," <laughs> um, and mm. like I wasn't the zombie tropes were there. There were speeders, which is mm. cool. Mm. Speeders are always tougher mm. to handle. Mm. Um, but do you know what I was really fucking hoping for was I was hoping like that the Marines would come in and they did a bit of this and it was mm. good mm. and would just headshot left and right and they, like it wouldn't be 
single single digits zombies causing them problems. It would be only when you get up into the hundreds and ammo started to run low that they'd have an issue. Mm-hmm. Because obviously a seal can headshot a zombie no matter how fast it is mm-hmm. from at least four miles yeah. with a handgun. <laughs> In the dark. And I would like to have seen more of that. Now, they were headshotting with ridiculous frequency mm-hmm. given the speed mm-hmm. of the people running at them. But uh, it just didn't do it for me, Steve. Like... You know, I didn't feel the need to fist pump even once. <laughs> well, Steve, I think Mark has only one legitimate criticism there. Really? Yeah. And that is a slight deficit in terms of numbers. I would have I would have liked to see a grand showdown with like 15,000 zombies against four seals. Right. Um, and they obviously didn't have the budget to do that. Because um, those... Uh, but but at least they were fast zombies. Yes, they were. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Quite intimidating zombies. Yes. Yeah. They were. And you know like they they made some very good calls. They they had a journalist in there who could have been oh, really gosh. annoying. Yeah. Um but they they quickly relegated her to just looking good in jeans. Yes. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. That is definitely a good positive thing that the movie did. Right. <laughs> then there's a, a couple of annoying people. Yeah. They get killed. Oh, you're kidding. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because yeah. like the first time you see people like that, you say, I so hope you get killed. And then when it comes around half an hour later or whatever, maybe sometimes 45 minutes, you think, good job. Good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, they have, you know, so much uh, tech. That, that's the thing that I really enjoyed about it. Um, because, you know, they're sitting there kind of isolated and whatever, and it could just degenerate into, um, what's the word? Uh, you, you know, some kind of psychological examination of the human being under pressure and maybe his his reaction to his uh, impending doom and that kind of stuff, yeah, yeah. the philosophical implications, but <laughs> instead they have air support. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the other half of the budget went. Yeah. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah. Um, and what what particularly nailed this for me, um, you, you know, I, I did enjoy it. I appreciated it for what it was, and I, I could get over the budget li- budgetary limitations, but there was one scene where I just thought uh, it came back to you talking about uh, making fun of themselves. Right. There's one scene where one of the seals gets cut off and right. uh, he's he's going to go down fighting. The yeah. team can't get to him. Yeah. And then it pans down. He, he's stuck in a room, basically, yeah, yeah. with you know a billion oh, zombies. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And then it pans to the outside of the corridor. There's like three. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so I burst my shit yeah, laughing no, at that. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like tooled up, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they should have. I thought there was a great opportunity there to leverage the fact that they were talking, dealing with Navy SEALs, like, because yeah. it's usually people that pick up, like, fire axes to defend themselves yeah. that were yeah. into trouble. You know, like, if you look at The Walking mm-hmm. Dead and the people who are. Mm-hmm doing really well with mm. shit like crossbows. Like, yeah. and these guys have the most expensive mm. guns known to man and all yeah. the ammunition that you can mm. find. Like. Yeah. And they were struggling with small mm. numbers. They, they should have been just dropping bodies. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there was one scene where there's a big, long laneway mm-hmm. and you know that there's a load of zombies around. And I was here, this is the perfect opportunity now for a couple hundred mm-hmm. of zombies to land. Mm-hmm. 
and the boys to just go mental shooting and just mm. just to see like cut then a scene of heads exploding at yeah. ridiculous frequency <laughs> and then guys going reloading and dropping down another seal moves in takes yeah. the gap and starts shooting yeah. and they swap they're like a well-oiled machine yeah. Yeah. and it's like that all the billions of dollars mm. that the US government spends on defence has been funneled right into these six men mm. for the express purpose of making the most perfect killing machines in the world <laughs> only now they're yeah. applying it to things that are already dead yeah. <laughs> but they did none of that they did none of that at all it seems like mm. these guys had guns in their hands by accident half the time <laughs> <laughs> and they certainly yeah. weren't clear mm. on things like mathematics <laughs> <laughs> and as to how you know one man with 40 bullets can do against Three and a half zombies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would also have to take issue with the, you know, your criticism of the casting. Uh, Why? <laughs> because the, the, the one big fear that I had when, when going into this movie was that the Navy SEALs would all be like Calvin Klein underwear models or whatever. Okay. <laughs> so you're saying they weren't all good looking? Exactly. They, okay. they got people who could be real. <laughs> you know? Right. And uh, what I particularly appreciated was how they did... Uh, <laughs> <deli> movie actors. <laughs> <laughs> how they delineated the, the chain of command. Basically, everybody's got a beard except for the guy in charge. So I always right. know who's in charge because <laughs> he doesn't have yeah. a beard. Yeah. I, I thought that was really considerate yeah. on, the, on the part of the movie makers. You yeah, know, for yeah, me. yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah. So The guy mm. who was back at base controlling mm. them was really bad. Yeah. That was a great scar, scar wasn't his it? Eye. Yeah. Yeah. I bet you he got that scar fighting Cylons. Oh. <laughs> that's who they're trying that's to make him out yeah. as yeah. Yeah, yeah. no he was just ridiculous mm. he uh, was no. possibly the worst actor mm. yeah. in the history of actors like mm. I really liked Larry whose mother was Mary yes he was a really good side character I thought that guy has mm. a future yeah he could work on like a good B movie mm -hmm. and the the CIA woman she had really impressive Botox in her cheeks <laughs> she did actually and absolutely no facial expression she was up yeah. there with Mark Hamill yeah <laughs> oh, God. maybe she took her cheeks from Mark Hamill's arse I don't know <laughs> <laughs> so I'm ready to mark it Steve if you are if you're ready to hear it yeah go for it so we have a choice of zero one or two for a B movie yep. right mm -hmm. zero. Oh. No redeeming fact features. He's got no film. soul, Mark. Wow. You of all people. Et tu fucking brute, my man. No redeeming features. Mike. This is a solid fucking two for me. <laughs> I, I enjoyed this from beginning to end. It, it's a solid number two, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no Scott or here, man. Solid two. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm uh, going to have to come in at a one on this. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not the best mm -hmm. B movie I've seen, but mm -hmm. it's not the worst yeah. by far. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we've seen awful Scotter. We have. <laughs> <laughs> the Scotter factor. <laughs> I give a yeah, one out of two. Yeah, mm. in fairness. Yeah. Um, okay, so next up we've got some previews. Come to Bicycle near you. Okay, first one we saw, Star Wars, Episode uh, 7, 
it is really starting to look like they're going to make a good Star Wars film. Isn't it? Mm. I'm starting to get mm-hmm. excited. Really starting mm-hmm. to look that way. Yeah. yeah. And I learned, uh, learned the funniest thing, actually, a week or two ago. You might remember I was bitching about how all of the books I've been reading since I first saw Star Wars movies Mm -hmm. were now being made not canon. Mm -hmm. So for people who aren't geeks, what that means is canon is something that's part of the official fiction. So if you write a book and it's canon, any films that come after that can reference what's in your book as a real event, right? So it's all part of this big universe. It's called the EU the extended universe okay. of Star Wars. Yeah. And for a long time, nobody was allowed to write books that were set around the Clone Wars because George Lucas had the plan of doing the, the prequels. Right. When he did the prequels, then the gloves were off and people started writing books in that time period. So it seems that it's only the books that happen after the uh, last original film, Return of the Yeti, so anything after Return of the Jedi is no longer canon. Right. The worst thing is, they're the best books. Ah. Oh. Like Timothy Zahn wrote some really good stuff. The Hand of Thrawn trilogy was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I'm not going to bore our, our listeners. They're, they're on here to, to hear about the film. So anyway, the stuff that happens back in the Clone Wars or in between the books, a lot of that is still canon. So if you haven't read The Courtship of Princess Leia, it's still worthwhile doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, the key here to the Star Wars films, I'm gonna, I seem to be the person who breaks stuff down for our listeners this week, so I'm going to do it one more time. I'm going to break down how to make a good Star Wars film. And it's, it's very simple. It boils down to one word, and that's respect. Respect the originals and don't make fluff films for kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the key. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> you're welcome, Michael. So look at, you know, filmmakers out there, if you're listening, you can take that. They're the rules. That's my gift. Yeah. yeah. Right? And it seems like they're starting to do that. They have a guy looking at the melted mask of Vader going, I'm going to I'm gonna get them, boss. I'm going to be true to the, sh- the shit that you were up to. Yeah. I'm going to be one of those, like, I'm going to be Sith till the day I die. Yeah. And my lightsaber will be as red as the rest of them. <laughs> and, uh, he seems like, you know, he, he's a clone of Vader, which is unfortunate. Um, they didn't need but to do that. But not literally, right? No, 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 not literally, Sean. He, uh, he has trouble breathing. He's wearing a breathing apparatus and he's all in black. Definitely you know, he's a Vader clone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, didn't, he didn't need to be. Mm-hmm. Um, you can create a new villain and people can respect him, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that, that was the one warning sign I pulled from that trailer was... They basically had a giant neon sign going, he's basically Vader, pointing at this guy as he was looking at Vader's skull, (laughs) going, um, is that a a lightsaber I see before me, the handle toward my hand? Um, It's either that or he's really embarrassed about his alopecia. (laughs) (laughs) But the rest of it seemed good. I like the discussion about the Force. I like the way they use the original cast characters, bringing in Leia and Han. And a kind of a cameo of Mark Hamill's prosthetic hand, which of course isn't Mark Hamill's, but um, the rest of it I thought was good. And it, it gave me some hope that there's going to be some reverence. A new hope? 
Oh, God. <laughs> no, there is another. <laughs> Get the fuck out, Steve. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, really like, I really like the narration in this one. We had some great stuff out of Mark Hamill in the earlier trailer, and in this one it seems that Carrie Fisher was pulling the emotional duties, and that was pretty cool. Um, and it definitely seems very serious, not only taking the, you know, the original trilogy mm. seriously, but just in general, it seems to be a serious film. Yeah. Like we have John Boyega's character seemingly say, you know, I, I was, you know, raised for and taught one thing, but I don't have anyone to fight anymore. And yeah. I'm like, fucking, yeah, I want to watch this guy fight some people like, cool. He's a disillusioned stormtrooper. That could be cool. Yeah. And and I'm really jazzed. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I, I like that I haven't seen the face of the main bad guy or of Luke Skywalker. Like, I, I don't fucking know what's going on. You know what I mean? Which, to me, in my fucked up brain, that is probably asking for too much, creates some really interesting possibilities about who those two characters might be. Eh, or are they the I don't same know. character? Wouldn't that be fucking ridiculous? <laughs> like, I would freak out. And it's like, yeah. Luke is just like, yeah, no, I mean, I'm strong in this side of the Force, too. Yeah, My yeah. father was right. <laughs> bah, bah, bah. Oh. Can you imagine? Like, Han Solo, just like on his knees, just going, I don't believe it. It can't be true. Search your feelings, Han. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've got oh, a bad feeling know. about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can't wait. I just, mm-hmm. it, looks, it, looks, it looks right. Mm-hmm. You know, Epic. it... Yeah, it looks right. It looks it looks mm. true to like Mark was saying the originals, mm. um, and none of that, uh, you know, animated character bullshit that mm. we we had to contend with. Like those CGI robots and fucking Jar Jar fucking Binks. Well, it was Jar Jar Binks hiding that, fucking yeah. Christensen. Yeah. I wonder. Um, <laughs> I I wonder will there be the same um, uh, controversy over accents as there were in past movies. Remember, they were accused of being quite racist in places. Mm. Being Ray Ray. Well, yeah, I doubt, I doubt no that's going to be as big so. of an issue. It seems yeah. there's less aliens anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we've got diversity. That'll cause uh, some controversy. Oh, as you mm. said earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's a shame there aren't more white people I know, but sure, I know, fuck yeah, it, yeah. we yeah. guess, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I had an emotional response watching this. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. We'll move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually had a lump in my throat I was like this is going to be awesome. the best yeah. fucking movie of the last 20 years <laughs> everything I saw looks like it's going to be perfect so are you going to fly go to go to the IMAX in Manchester or something um, I'm not going to have to it's going to be right here in my local uh, cinema with the uh, 300 extra tickets. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a good point, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, book me in. Oh, speaking of tickets, did you hear the, all the servers crash this morning when the tickets went on sale? <laughs> yeah. They were down until uh, late this afternoon, I believe. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, okay, moving on. Uh, Rock the Casper. Uh, mm. This stars uh, Bill Murray and uh, Liam Lubani mm-hmm. um, and some other people. So... The, the the this trailer doesn't quite lend itself to the doesn't quite describe what the movie is about mm-hmm. because from the trailer, mm-hmm. what, what was your impression of the trailer, Mike? Actually, what, what was the story? What was your? I know it's an odd trailer, but what, what was the, the story? Bill Murray <laughs> is a funny bastard. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, all, all I got from the trailer was this is something military. Bill Murray is obviously senior. 
and there's a war going on. Don't know what one. Yeah. And he's doing stuff that happens in war. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let me let me read the IMDb description yeah. here. Uh, a down-as-look music manager discovers a teenage girl with an extraordinary voice while on music tour in Afghanistan and takes her to Kabul to compete in the popular television show Afghan Star. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did yeah. not get that. No, no. <laughs> what I did get was a fucking belly laugh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It is. It looks funny. It looks funny. It, yeah. uh, you know, Bill Murray's mm. in it. He's mm-hmm. funny without trying. Mm. So just looking at him, yeah, start that, laughing. That was sixty-three seconds of gold. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It really was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, bring it on. Bring it on. Yeah, I think we'll watch this. Sean, did you see it? Yeah, I wasn't as jazzed as you guys. Oh. I pretty much think that they're showing us a lot of famous faces and none of the story because the story's cack. <laughs> oh, I okay. see, I see. Okay, mm. this is the funniest uh, scene. Just put that in. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. okay, okay. I see your point. He's very young to be so cynical, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> don't know where rap he gets music, it from. Rap music, Mike. I blame the rap music. <laughs> don't know where he gets it from. So the, the, okay, mm. all right. <laughs> the next one is... Uh, Last time in the heart of the sea. Now this stars Chris Hemsworth, Killian Murphy, and Brendan Gleeson. Mm. And this is pretty much the Moby Dick story, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, based on the eighteen twenty event. A whaling ship is preyed upon. A sperm whale uh, standing its stranding its crew at sea for ninety days, thousands of miles from home. Don't so, don't ruin it, Jesus. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so this looks like all action all the time. Mm. Yeah. A lot of uh, whale fighting going on. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty fucking aggressive. Very epic. Yeah. Epic. Mm. Epic indeed. Huge Yeah. Yeah. Um, You excited, Mike? Yeah. I was kind of thinking it looked like sort of a Star Wars whale. A Star Wars whale. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You watched the trailers in a row, didn't you, Mike? Yeah. (laughs) You did, yeah. (laughs) Like, like if you could have a whale that could be a Death Star. It's that more of a star destroyer, though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. My Imperial fully Sterling. operational Moby Dick. <laughs> Ultimate power. Um, it looks good. This looks really yeah. good. Like the mm. the scale of it is epic, and it like it's man versus nature, or versus a whale with a fucking mm. gripe. Mm-hmm. Very excited. Like the damage mm-hmm. that it seemed was happening, mm-hmm. not only to the people in the ship, but also the mm-hmm. whales slash whales. Mm. That makes me... I'm excited about this fight. It's going to be a good one. Yeah. And I'm almost certain that Chris Hemsworth's... Uh, his little locket that he keeps around his neck... Oh, yeah. That's going to get really hot and burn itself into his chest. <laughs> Mark my words. You heard it here first. Why do you say He's going to take a bath. He's going to take a bath then and see the future. <laughs> I don't get it. Explain it to him. Indy. Hmm? Indy. <laughs> Indiana Jones. Holy well, everyone knows God. that the best Moby Dick film is actually Star Trek Next Generation First Contact. <laughs> <laughs> End it, Steve. End it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's too so late. Sp- speaking of Death Star, did you hear that the uh, <clears throat> scientists have speculated that they found the real Death Star during the week? <laughs> did you hear about this? Yeah, I heard about it. Okay. Tell us, Mike. They found some blips in the data. Right. And they called it a Dyson sphere. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then they said it was shaped like a donut. So they've never seen anything like this star. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Is what they said. And mm-hmm. uh, some of the team have suggested there could be an alien-made structure obscuring mm-hmm. the star because it kind of disappears and comes back again. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't act like a normal star. Mm. Yeah, so it's it's only 1,500 light years away. So Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. So once we can travel at the speed of light, it'll only take us 3,000 years to make a round trip. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sure that the Millennium Falcon could do that in 3.5 parsecs. <laughs> and at the end of it, you'll find a Tim Hortons. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. They're apparently going to, the next step is to spy on them. Literally mm. to see if there are any signals going around in that area. That's just right. Just in case there's any communication. Something. Because mm. spying is the best way to make friends out there in space. Mm. Dyson Sphere, indeed. Um, yeah, so they're going to point all the Mexican um, uh, dishes mm-hmm. towards that area mm. and have an hour listen. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. eavesdrop and see if oh. there's any communications going on. How are, how are they going to get their wrestling then? If <laughs> <the> <laughs> dishes are going in there. <laughs> okay, we'll end it there. <laughs> so, uh yeah, so that's it from this week. Um, so from Mike, Mark, Steve, and Sean, stay classy.